emotions of everybody just melting in the presence. But when you come to that part, Lord, have mercy. And it kind of shifts down into low gear, and we begin to intercede. I'm telling you, it brings back memories, sights and sounds. I've spent a lot of time rolling on this floor right here, but there's some other carpets in Florida that I just, as I heard that song, I'm haunted by a ghost called holy. Can somebody say amen? He's not the spirit of death. He's the spirit of life. Liberty. My, what a privilege. I came down to see Emberly. That's why I'm here. And little Debbie, Kaylee. Where's little Merida? I see him. And all the little babies and girls and kids. There's something special about the children of revival. Shout amen, somebody. I heard Pastor refer to when he was a little boy. He referred to that a while ago. And I remember those days. I honor mom and dad Boyd for raising him right. What an honor to have you with us and you standing with him during these days of revival and the unity that I feel in this house. And then on top of that, a double treat, if you will, two in one. We got the Kansas City Revival and the Dallas Revival merging. Devil, get out of the way. Something big this way is a coming. Hallelujah. I've been with Pastor Ralph for four years, once a month a Saturday and a Sunday. And the anointing is so great. There's times you can hardly stand. And I tell people I've been there four years and there's a sense of maybe pride in the fact that they keep going after revival and they keep wanting me to come back. And Somebody said, well, maybe they're inviting you back till you get it right. How many knows that could be the fact? That may be why you're inviting me back here until I get it right. But I, <laughs> man, I've heard such great things about this revival has already been kicking and cooking and hit the ground running. And uh, Pastor Ralph hit it over the fence last night. Home run, amen. And so in Jesus' name, I said, you're supposed to wait till I get there. You know, you bunt, get them on base and get the place full, you know, three, and then I hit the home run. But it's going to get better and sweeter and greater and gooder and gooder and gooder. Sergio Scataglini coming in. My God, think about that, the Argentine revival. I was with him here and forever changed when he laid his hand on my head. And when I talked to him in the motel, you talk about a walking dynamo of Holy Ghost power. You're in for something big. And I'm telling you, tonight, Wow. I, I've memorized books of the Bible. I'm not bragging. It's just my desire was to memorize the whole book. One guy said, from generations to revolutions, amen. <laughs> I got stuck in Leviticus, amen. I just, the begats, I just got stuck there. So I skipped over that one, amen. But I, I memorized, memorized a lot of Scripture. And there are certain messages that I'm comfortable with. I know where the handle is. I take it. I soak in prayer, season it with fasting. It marinates for about a week, and then I come, and boy, there it is. And I preached it so many times. Like I said, I memorized a lot of scriptures and chapters and books and messages. But God surprised me with a fresh word. How many ready for a fresh word? Now, when you're hungry, there's nothing wrong with leftovers. Come on, say amen, somebody. And, but I don't minimize that, but I'm talking about a fresh word, and it so shocked me that I found myself that got this uh, a cell phone, the very, the very computer that used to occupy big buildings with a big, they called it the beast over in Belgium, but now you've got it all in your phone. It's right there. It's all there. And so I got every note, and I began to do all that and got it all down there because my grandkids taught me how to do that. And so I got it all down there and got here, and now I can't pull it back up. Can't even find it. So I said, oh, can't use the phone tonight, you know. The holy iPhone. How many likes the holy iPhone? <laughs> so I said, well, and so I begin to scribble. So when you see me bring these papers up here, this is, I don't want to forget it because when God gave it to me, one man said, you know, I, I got so busy, I, I left my notes at home. 
So tonight I'm going to have to depend on the Lord. Amen. But, he, but he said, I promise that'll never happen again. Come on, shout amen. Well, I'm going to depend on the Lord. But I'm going to get this right here in front of me because it's a fresh word for this Pentecost conference. There's something significant about this year. We got the sons of revival here. Your pastor, spiritual son, Ralph Caspo. The only two people that I know, and I know a lot of people, that have not let go of real, genuine Holy Ghost revival. And everything that you do is connected and dedicated to more, Lord. Fresh oil, new wine, warm bread. You did it once, do it again. So I, I see the sons of revival here. They both honor me as Papa John. And I receive that honor. And I, my greatest joy is to listen to them. And there'll come a time when I'll, I'll be here, but I'll be here just to lay on the floor. I think that's going to get that great. In, in other words, I'm not in love with my preaching, but when God gives you something to say, how many knows there's nothing quite like it? So I want you to collect your thoughts. I'm not going to preach long, but I'm going to pray for everybody in the house. This word will percolate in your spirit tonight, marinate throughout the week. The sons of revival will pick it up and work on it and soak it in prayer, season it with fasting, and preach it like it needs to be preached because that's what we do. We share it. We give it. But when God gave this to me, I thought, wow. I've been to Revelation, the first three divisions, chapters. It has the seven churches of Revelation. How many knows what I'm talking about? God gave me a message entitled The Seven Churches of America. And I counted them seven. Now, right now, we're living in a, a zoo of religion. All kinds of stuff's going on. Satan's plot, ploy, and plan with the pandemic was to shut down the church. And only 60% is starting to emerge. And many of them are just barely getting by. A lot of people call it a dumpster fire, 2020. I call it a refiner's fire. And I think that God literally is going to take us, make us, break us, shake us, wake us, smoke clears, dust settles. There's going to be a true blood-bought, fire-baptized, Christ-centered, Christ-honored church that's going to rise. Let the church arise. Let the church be the church. Is anybody ready for real, genuine Holy Ghost revival? That refiner, fire, and dumpster fire. I heard a man of God say that the other day, and I wrote it down. 2020 vision. We all preached it, and then the fog came in. You could hardly see. But you guys saw, because there was a spiritual vision where you could see through the fog. You never lost your way. In fact, there's a depth that I feel in this place. When Pastor picked me up and we sat down to eat, I found myself, tell me more, tell me more, as he talked about paying the price for revival. God gave me this message on the seven churches of America. Stay with me. It's new. It's fresh. God's going to develop it within you, but there's going to be one church that's going to rise out of the seven churches. I feel it. I sense it. I know it. Something significant is going on tonight. I feel the word destiny is rising and demanding our attention. God's up to something, something big this way is coming. Now, when I was small, it was very simple. You either go to church or you go to hell. How many knows what I'm talking about? And I told you I had a drug problem when I was a kid. Dad drugged me to church every night somewhere. <laughs> I'm talking about Sunday morning, Sunday night, sometimes Sunday afternoon. The Hill family knows something about this, don't you? Raised in Kansas, and, and we was all raised. And Dad loved church so much, if he, had, if he saw a church's fried chicken, he'd stop. Amen. We just knew. I'm talking about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If we didn't have church, he'd look for a camp meeting. And he'd take all nine kids and three neighbor kids. I mean, we all got in the station wagon. No van back in those, just a station wagon. All scrumped up there at the back, and all I can remember, the girls, the older girls, they went knowing that there was going to be guys there. Hairs up in rollers, and, you know, we got close to church, and we knew they was getting close. They'd start taking their rollers out, and I just remember getting a 
face full of sudden beauty or sudden rain or whatever they call it back then. <laughs> Went to see the guys or the gals. But raised with the sights and sounds of the Holy Spirit. I wasn't born to go to hell. I was born to go to heaven. I was given to God by godly parents. And dad preached me under and mom prayed me through. And I just knew that there was something about church. But then I began to see things develop in church. Splits, splinters, splatters, trouble. I saw stuff going on didn't make sense. And right now I'm at a time when I'm fasting. I'm fasting from church activities. I'm not really hungry for more church. I'm hungry for more of Jesus. I'm hungry for more of God. When God showed me the church, the seven churches, I'm going to move through this fast. They're interwoven, and sometimes they overtake each other. But there's the event-driven church built on big days, big events, incites and excites people. It's a big deal. Going to have something big. Baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, Chevrolet. So come on in. Going to give away free things. There's the personality-driven church, big names, big stars. A lot of churches are built on some super hotshot Houdini that can speak like an orator. Then there's issue-oriented driven churches. We emphasize faith down the road. We emphasize love the next one. We baptize in Jesus' name. We sprinkle. We do this. We, we're into prophecy. We're full gospel like some others are half gospel or partial gospel. You know, we preach, we preach the full gospel. They preach the Aesop's fables. How many has ever heard of that before? So, but then there's and the political realm. You think about the issue-driven churches. They're built on issues. I believe in voting. I believe in praying. But when you're issue-oriented, that means there's, there's just one thing that you're focused on. How many knows the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing? Now, if you major on minors, you will minor on majors. Somewhere along the line in the event-driven churches, well, I got caught up in that because it's all about numbers, isn't it? No, it's not. Where do we get that at? They don't have big church growth seminars in the book of Acts. The church grows, but it's a harvest of souls. Shout amen, somebody. I'm not against canvassing neighborhoods if God tells you to. He didn't tell me to. He told me to lay on my face before God. When they flied over to see Dr. Cho, the largest church, he told the story. Close to a million people, he said, I'm embarrassed because they're coming in. Want to hear some big church growth seminar secret. And he said, I tell them after they spend thousands of dollars to get there, he said, I lay on my face until God tells me what to do, then I get up and do it. Come on, shout amen, somebody. <laughs> His mother-in-law used to be the prayer leader, Prayer Mountain. Anybody's ever heard of Prayer Mountain? Will they spend hours? Am I ringing your bell yet? Are you still with me? I'm affirming what you're doing tonight. I'm affirming the sons of revival as they realize that they've got a mandate from God in this last hour with this religious zoo, the event-driven church, the personality-driven churches, issue-oriented churches. They're all user-friendly, seeker-sensitive. They're religious centers. Program-driven churches. Did I mention that one? Didn't want to leave that one out. I got caught up in that. My first pastorate set a goal. We're going to reach this many. And I said, if you'll get this many here, I think it was 300, I'll play the guitar, not just with my hands, but I'll play it on top of my head, behind my back, and between my legs. And I'll play the guitar not just with my fingers, but with my toes. And I learned how to do that. And so they came, and there's over 300 people filled the building. And then I got a good idea. If you can give me 600, I'll play it with my tongue and my toes. Now I'll play it with my tongue before I play it with my toes. I mean, what knows what I'm talking about? Newspaper grabbed it, went across the nation, come and see this great feat, amen, and they came. It was real people back in the day. Got calls, and, and I remember doing everything I could to reach people. My brother, who's in heaven, was a car dealer. He bought a hearse at an auction. It looked sleek, black. I said, can I use it? He said, sure. I put it out front of my church, and I put a big sign, don't wait to come to church in this, come now, amen. <laughs> we got it. I did everything, 
and I'm not going to throw stones, but I'm just telling you, how many has ever heard what would Jesus do? Ever heard that before? Do you know we have a pattern? You know we have a model? You know what happened in the book of Acts, don't you? You really know what happened in the book of Acts? Did you know that the book of Acts does not have an amen after it? So that means the 2021st chapter of the book of Acts is being written tonight in Garland, Texas, and in Dallas, Texas, and across the nation and around the world. In the midst of event-driven churches and personality-driven churches, issue-oriented churches, program-driven churches, chili suppers, pie suppers, I think of, I remember making a statement as a young preacher, God's not coming for a social church, but a spiritual church. Churches that revolve around chicken suppers and tea parties and ice cream socials are as cold as an ice cream, weak as tea, and dead as a chicken. Come on, say amen, somebody. And yet we like fellowship. We like to get together and have a good time in the midst of all these as God began to show me the seven churches and what's going on. The user-friendly, seeker-sensitive model is this. They take a poll. They knock on doors. What kind of church do you want? You tell us what you want, and we will build that church to accommodate your desires. Can you imagine Jesus going around and not calling disciples, but saying, what kind of church do you want? What kind of church do you want? They take polls, here a poll, there a poll, everywhere a poll. If I see another poll, I'm going to climb a pole. I'm going to hit somebody with a pole, amen? Everything that we can do to make men comfortable, we want to do it. And yet I look at a full house tonight, you can barely move around. In this sanctuary right here in Garland, Texas, I watch you now as you have sat here for, for close to two hours. And you're so hungry, there's no desire to leave. Why? Because down deep inside, we know there's more than self-centered, man-centered religion. We know there's a God in heaven, and we know that God can move, and one move of God's majestic, mighty, miracle-working hand, and revival breaks loose, and all the demons of hell cannot harness, cannot stop it. Is anybody here hungry for a real, genuine, Holy Ghost revival? That'll put the devil. Come on, give God a thunder of salvation and praise. Come on, praise him. Hallelujah. There are four ways to build a church. Number one, religious spirit. Number two, a political spirit. Number three, a Jezebel spirit. I've been to those churches. Manipulation, intimidation, methods. You can build a crowd, but only God's building a church. Man's ideas. Now stay with me. Four ways to build a church, a religious spirit, political spirit, Jezebel spirit, or the Holy Spirit. And I go over. <laughs> I go over. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I can't wait. I go over to Zechariah chapter 4, where he had a vision. He had a vision of a candlestick that was all of gold. Candlestick is a type of the church. It wasn't a mixture of alloy, alloys, brass or tin or other metals. It was pure gold. And the man of God said, what is this? And said, this is the word of God to Zerubbabel. Are you ready? It's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. I'm hungry for a move of the spirit. I said, I'm hungry for a move of the spirit. I've seen a move of man. I know what man can do. And we can do some mighty th great things. And it looks like big edifices and the people are filling the place. But all of a sudden, the pandemic shuts everything down. But River of Life never shut down. And God never canceled the resurrection. He never canceled Easter. He never canceled Christmas. He never canceled the blood or the word. Why? Because there's something that still works. And I want to stand on the authoritative ability of God's infallible word and declare for a decree in a modern 21st century age, with all the technology and all the methods that man has, 
I still believe it's not by the might of our strength or the power of our rationale. It's not flashing, flamboyant personality. It's not the ability to preach like a house of fire, an angel from heaven. It's not oratory, but it's the mighty moving of the Holy Spirit that will touch us and torch us and teach us and jerk the devil out of your head, your heart, your home, and set you free and make your home a heavenly. Is anybody hungry for a mighty move of God tonight? Are you hungry? Oh, and all these seven churches, the six anyway that I mentioned, and all these churches, they'll say, they'll, they, they'll say, now be the church and be a good little church. Stay in your corner. And they want you to have empathy and sympathy. So feed the hungry and help the poor. But God says, no, no, no. I want you to cast out devils, set people free from drugs, set people free from alcohol. I want you to speak into darkness. I want you to invade the domain of the devil and command him in Jesus' name. And when you speak down here, God shall I'll enforce it up there. And the angelic air force will come with the army of God. And by the grace of God, God's up to something. I said, God's getting ready to do something that is so awesome. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? Come on, throw your hands up and give God a third salvation of praise. Program-driven churches, personality-driven churches. It's all about man. Well, that's you can mention names. Well, that's his church. That's their church. That's their church. But then Jesus went out of the way one day when he knew this would happen, and he went out of the way to a place that was so wicked they called it the gates of hell, Caesarea Philippi. And he went down to them to make this powerful proclamation and divine declaration. As he looked right in the devil's face and shouted in his teeth, he asked, first of all, whom do men say that I am? They immediately said, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're Elijah. You preach like him. You pray like him. You remind us of the prophets. But there comes a time when you've got to shut your ears to what the world says about him. It's not what your neighbor says. It's not what professor this says or doctor that says. I'm telling you, there's all kinds of ideas and books out there on religion and they may add Jesus to what they're doing, but I'm telling you, you don't add him to nothing. I said, he's above and beyond everything. He said, now whom do you say that I am? Under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Simon says. Everybody say, Simon says, amen. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. This is divine revelation. And upon this confession, the rock, the confession you said that I'm the Son of God, are you ready? It's five words. Stay with me. I'd love to have been there to hear just which word he placed the most emphasis on because he may have said, I will build my church. Or he may have said, I will build my church. Or he said, I will build my church. Or he may have said, I will build my church. Or he may have said, I will build my church. I believe he placed the amount of emphasis on every one of those words. As he says, devil, take a long look. You're going to have a field day on the last day. There's even an apostate church. Did I forget to mention that one? I wanted to because I don't like it. But there's an apostate church out there. I said there's an apostate church out there. They're trying to bring Christianity and Islam together. They call it Chrislam. Makes you want to vomit, doesn't it? I said, oh, God, when God gave me this one, I said, my God, in the midst of event-driven churches, personality-driven churches, issue-oriented churches, in the midst of of religious centers, there's an apostate church where now they meet and they will say, if you're seeking Allah or Muhammad, you're really seeking God because it's all in one. No, no, no. How many knows there's a God of this world? Every time that they cry Allah Akbar, somebody dies. But when you cry Jesus Christ, somebody lives. How many knows there's a difference between darkness and the kingdom of light? You cannot homogenize them. My God. I don't even want to go into the apostate church. But there's a mixture, new age, melting pot. One world church will be made up of all the worldly churches. Did you hear me? There's a one world church that's emerging. And the Antichrist regime will have the false prophet. And right now it is ready out there in that world. And you'd be surprised, and maybe you wouldn't be surprised. Pastor wouldn't, and Pastor Ralph wouldn't. But sometimes it almost makes a town cow blush. Hang your head in shame to see the stuff that's going on in the name of God. As we try to mix and homogenize, God hates mixture. I said, God hates mixture. 
If I were to tell you, I've got a nice pan of brownies that I baked for this service. Now stay with me. And those, those brownies, they taste good and they're hot. There's only one thing. There's a teaspoon of manure mixed in the brownies. How many would want the brownies? I, well, how about a half a teaspoon? Well, how about a third of a teaspoon? How about a fourth? No, no, heads are shaking. Some of you look like you've been slapped with a wet skunk, and all I did was tell you. Well, I'm telling you, God hates mixture. And the revival that these men of God are seeking, and I'm seeking, don't you settle for less? I said, don't you settle for less? I've seen what man can do. I'm sick of my own preaching. I don't even like myself. They tell us that we're gods. I look in the mirror at myself with this pulpit bumper, this belly, and I think I'm a god. I'm underwhelmed. Come on, shout amen, somebody. Now look at me. Mine eyes have seen the glory. I said, mine eyes have seen the glory. Pastor talked about it as a young boy, and once you've seen the glory, you're forever runt. You don't fit in. You'll not settle for something else. Don't you take that bottle out of my mouth and put a pacifier of religion in there and tell me to be satisfied. I know it tastes different. I know the real deal. I've felt it. I've seen it. I know it. It's better caught than taught, better felt than telt. And something with me says, John Davis, because you're not settling for less than best, and because you're not settling, and you're not settling, and you're not settling, there's bigger venues, and they're rah, 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 sis, boom, ba all over the place, but there's no power. There's a form, but no fire. I said there's duty, but no devotion. It's a bore and a chore, and you know it. It's soulish. It may bring something to your soulish realm when somebody can get up with a big name, but how many knows we got a bigger name? How many knows what we got the best name? It's the biggest name. There's a name above every name. His name is Jesus. I'm getting ahead of myself. It's the first time I preached it. So here we are, religious centers, rites, ruts, rituals, routines, and faithless formal synagogues set soaking sour for an hour. A preacherette preaches a sermonette to Christianettes and their bassinets. They get in the carvettes, go to the kitchenettes, and smoke their cigarettes. Come on, shout amen, somebody. I'm telling you, these are the last hours of the last days, and there's religion everywhere. Religion is hanging around the cross, Steve Hill says. Christianity's getting on that cross. Jesus, the religious sinners. In the midst of all this, I'm not going to sign everybody to the underworld because God's not finished yet. I said, God's not finished yet. He's up to something. Denominations, denominations are dying. We're living in a day of the decline of the church. Anybody know that? It may be the pandemic or it may just be that people don't want to go to a place that's afraid. There's fear. And so what's going on? The last hours of the last days, a whole lot of shaking going on because everything that can be shaken will be shaken. I left religion, but I found faith. Amen. I left the church, but I found God. And when I found God, I found his church. Because you got all these churches, event-driven churches, personality-driven churches, issue-oriented churches. You've got uh, religious centers. You've got apostate church. And then you've got river of life. And then you've got prepare the way ministries. And, and then you've got people that are so hungry for God, get out of my way if it's two or three. In other words, we may get down to where we just want those that are going after God. I don't want Pharisees and Sadducees. I said, I don't want couldn't sees and wouldn't sees. I don't want Sister Jezebel showing up. I don't need her money. Does anybody know that God all by himself can set people free from sin, Satan, sickness? He can deliver you from tormented minds. One night in the presence of God, you're forever. Come on. Somebody shout the praises of God tonight. Give him a hand of praise. Come on, give him a hand of praise. Clap your hands. Now lift your hands and praise him. Lift your hands and praise him. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Program-driven churches, personality-driven churches, event-driven churches, issue-driven churches, religious centers, the apostate church, but then there's the glory centers. There's the revival centers. I'm talking blood-bought, baptized, Christ-centered, Christ-honored, kingdom-minded. We know this is all about Jesus. 
We don't need a big name. We don't need some Hollywood star, some baseball, basketball, football star. We've got the bright in the morning star. Amen. It's not just big days. Every day is a big day with Jesus. Every service is a major event with Jesus. Revival is not summer and winter. It's every day, all the way, 24-7. Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noontime, and Jesus when the sun getting anointed and excited tonight because I think about his church. If I say his church, I'm not consigning all these people to the underworld because the smoke clears, dust settles. It'll be a combination of pandemics, earthquakes, last day events. Are you ready? And prayer, intercessory prayer from glory centers. I'm talking about a lighthouse, a powerhouse, a storehouse, God's house. I'm talking about river of life. I'm talking about Pentecostal conference. I'm talking about prepare the way ministries. That we're not going to settle back and say, no, no, no. We're not just going to feed the hungry and take care of the poor. We're going to invade the devil's domain and grab your kids out of the devil's clutches and say, devil, our kids are not going to hell. They're going to heaven in Jesus' name. We're going to pray until we pray a hole through heaven and touch God. Come on, folks. Get a hold of God right now. <laughs> Throw your hands up and praise him. Man, that anointing is getting stronger tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, 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 Jesus. I'd love to have been there when he said, I. That's personal. Not some angel. This church don't belong to John the Baptist or Paul or Peter. It's not Simon Church. He's not the Pope. How many knows? I. Jesus said, I. That means it belongs to him. He's going to do it. I said, he is going to do it. My God, I just felt that. I'm going to roll it all over on him. And I'm going to seek him, love him, laud him, applaud him, worship him. When I'm clapping my hands, I'm clapping for the king of glory. His name is Jesus. To some, he's a weekend hobby and a crutch or a club. To some, he's somebody you come to his house and you meet him and then lock him in his house and come back next week and meet him again. No, no, no. This ain't the house of God. You're the house of God. This is the building. I like Ed's shirt. It says the church has left the building. Amen. I like that, Ed. The church. I mean, we are the church. We are the church, and Jesus said, I. Everybody say, Jesus. Jesus. Say, Jesus is, Lord. Jesus is Lord. He's more than just a memory in a Palestinian tomb. He's more than a little man on a cross, on a picture on a wall. Thank God for Christmas. But he's not a crying, whining baby in a manger. How many knows he's the risen, conquering king of kings and lord of lords? He lives. He lives. Easter's forever. It's our song. Let the church resound with praise unto the king of glory. John Lennon said, we the Beatles are now more popular than Jesus. John Lennon's dead. The Beatles have come and gone. But Jesus is still the sweetest name that I know. Lift your hands and praise him. Lift your hands and honor him. Come on, lift your voice. Give him a shout of praise. Oh, yeah. I've never been caught up with Magic J or Michael J or OJ. <laughs> I'm caught up with the mighty J. His name is Jesus. Adam's creator, Abel's altering his companion, Noah's ark, Abraham's friend, Isaac, Will, Jacob's ladder, and Joseph's dream. He's Moses, burning birds, heirs, and rod, Gideon's fleece, Joshua's captain, Elijah's swing loads, and chariot ride. He's Daniel's deliverer, the three hold, he's fourth man. He's Zion's lion and Canaan's king, Balaam's Shiloh, Issachar's burden. He is God's son, Mary's baby, the angel's darling, heaven's wonder, and hell's terror. He's the way maker, peacemaker, caretaker, soul saver. I keep going till you shout. Devil chaser, dead man raiser, blind man healer, holy ghost filler, need meter, problem solver, prayer answer, gospel preaching, people reaching, grave cleansing. How many knows he is the Pentecostal conference in Garland, Texas? He's the revival in Kansas City. And I'm excited about him. And don't you lose your enthusiasm for him. Take your big days and your great events and all your flashing flamboyant panorama. I've had it. It doesn't set people free from sin. It may tickle the innards and tickle the ears. But the fluff and froth and frivolity comes and goes. But I look out and see young people, your kids, your children, revival that's going to rise up and be gospel preachers. If you ever see a soul set free from sin and Satan, 
you're forever runt. How many know Jesus still saves? He heals, he heals, he delivers. He said, I. Then he said, well. Everybody say, well. Not maybe, think so, it could be. You never know. If Donald Trump's in, it'll happen, but it won't if he's not. He didn't say that. Are you listening to me? Come on, stay with me. I was as disappointed as you were when it didn't go, turn out the way I, I thought it should. But you need to realize that Biden was president when Jesus was born. And Biden was president when the early church took off in revival. I'm just talking about the Caesars and the Herods and the Hamans and the, and the Hitlers and the, and the Hillarys. Who, come on, shout amen, somebody. You get out there thinking if we get this man, God said, no, no, no. The answer for America is not a man. It's not political. It's not, it is not a Republican or a Democrat. You need to vote the Bible. Tell me, I said vote the Bible and pray like everything. But in the last days, in spite of Herod and Haman and Hitler and, uh, and Caligula and whoever stands up and defies God and, and talks about God without out mentioning God, think about that, folks, and puts a rainbow on the White House and celebrates sodomy. I don't care what they do. Darkness, don't put the light out. The light will outshine the darkness, and we are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. We can hold back darkness. We can hold back spoilage. Let the church be the church. I said, let the church rise up and be the church. I'm talking about the church. Everybody say the church. He said, I will. You take it to the bank. Hang your hat on it. Smoke clear as dust settles. He's going to have a blood-bought, fire-baptized remnant. It's always been a remnant. Always been a core. But there's going to be a harvest. Are you ready for the harvest? Now, I don't want to blow you out of the water, but I got a feeling this last move, and we're close, it's not going to be about a place. It's going to be about places. It's not going to be about a personality. It's going to be about Jesus. So maybe your name won't be in lights. But I'm telling you right now, behind the scenes, we're praying this thing through. I believe right here in Dallas, Garland, Texas, this Pentecostal conference, I believe, is a fuse that could very well light the fires of God at this conference to go across this metroplex in Jesus' name. I believe the merging of the Kansas City revival coming down, these two revivals could be the beginning. My God, I feel it. If I didn't, I wouldn't say it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going anywhere to preach. I'm praying. My call is to pray. So I'm going nowhere to preach. They can't pull me to preach. It's just simple as that. I've turned them down in a kind way. But I go to Kansas City once a month. And when Pastor Scott said, I want you to be my covering, I'm telling you right now, I felt the Holy Ghost, a kinship, and every time I get with him, I'm thinking, wow, tell me more. Because he's a walking encyclopedia about the revivals. He knows about all the revivals, and I don't. I memorize books of the Bible, but he knows about the revivals. I said, tell me more. And Pastor Ralph, he's runt. He don't fit in anything but revival. You're not going to find him anywhere but just laying before the Lord. And so here we are, the sons of revival with Papa John and all of us here together. We know that something big is coming this direction. I got on a plane. I don't like to fly. I've flown all my life. As an ambassador, I, was, I lived in airplanes. And the first word you see is the word terminal when you get to the air. I don't like that word. <laughs> they still tell you how to put on a seatbelt like you're a moron, having ridden in a car since the 30s. This time, you got to put a mask on. I wore this mask on, and they said, that won't work. They gave me their own mask. I'm, I can barely breathe. So I'm sitting there, and the plane is full, and it's late, but I don't mind them tightening the bolts. Come on, amen. I'll wait till you get those bolts tightened. But I'm telling you what, I don't like to fly. And you get up there, and they say, oh, by the way, if you can't breathe, you know, there's, you know, there's something comes down. It's an oxygen mask. I don't need to hear that. And if you crash, there's a flotation cushion. Grab it, and good luck. Amen. And, you want to puke up your liver? There's a vomit bag. I hate to, I hate flying. My favorite scripture is when Jesus said, Hello, I'm with you always. Amen. But I'm bebopping today. I get up early. I've been praying all week. I can hardly wait to get down to Pentecost Conference. Why? Because I don't schedule meetings. You, you, but I tell you, when I see and I sense, I know you're going after God here, I know the price you're paying. You haven't been playing. You've been praying. He'd been teaching about paying the price. I could hardly wait to get down here. I'm like a kid with a new toy. Get out of my way. My God, I can hardly wait to get in here and get all God's got for me and then go to Whataburger. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Come on. Shout amen, somebody. 
I'm talking about the real deal. Everybody say the real deal. Don't give me phony stuff. Don't try to tell me that what man can do is what God... No, 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 no. Mine eyes have seen the glory. And I want to see it again. I said, I want to see it again. And I got a promise when I left Pensacola. I left Pensacola because the revival was waning. I didn't want to live. I wasn't suicidal. I didn't want to live, though. I don't want to go back to church. I don't like my own preaching, much less other people. But I love the glory of the Lord. Don't take the presence from me. Don't take the presence from me. I'm on 40 acres, me and my wife and my son. We've had prayer meetings out there. The other day I had a service for the boy that lasted six hours, and we didn't want to leave. It wasn't church. It was the presence. There's a difference. Not here, because we know that the presence is supposed to be church. But church now has become a man-centered, self-centered. And there's all kinds of stuff going on. And so, oh, I'm not against the church. I'm against all that stands and parades like they're the church as they embrace the culture of a world. And they say, you gotta, you got to homogenize. There has to be a mixture. It's just a small mixture now. But go ahead and eat it. No, no, no. We don't know. We know the pristine, pure river of God. And there's something within us that's rising up. And God said, there are seven churches of America. And I wrote it down. This message isn't fully developed. If you're watching, preach it the way it needs to be preached. I don't have time to go into all these churches. Most of them are seeker sensitive. What man wants, give them what they want. In the midst of it all, there's a religious center. I call it a normal church. They're good people. They baptize and they pray and they feed the hungry and they help the poor. I don't minimize those good deeds. Jesus did that, but he did so much more. He went to church. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Amen. I'm telling you right, demon-possessed people begin to scream. They were in the church, but they screamed. Get out of here. How long had they been there? They may have been on the board. They may have been ministers. I don't know. How long have they been there? Finally, he's kicked out of their church but he's building his church, Pastor. And here it is. Are you ready? The hillside, the wayside, the riverside, the lakeside, the countryside, inside, outside, the marketplace, the garden. Simon Peter's mother-in-laws. He even loved mother-in-law. Shout amen, somebody. Here he is all over the marketplace. Oh, so he's going to build. Are you ready? I will build. Everybody say build. First one talks about personal. I will talks about his purpose. The third one talks about a process. He'll take an old rough log and he'll run it through his plated mill. It may be a drunkard. It may be a dope addict. It may be somebody on the verge of suicide but when he gets done with you. I'm telling you, you're a child of God and you're a plank in that building that God is building in the name of Jesus. You know what? If I were to ask how many used to be alcoholics and you stood, how many used to be drug addicts and you stood... If I were to ask how many of you would be depressed, you'd stand pretty soon. Everybody in the house is standing. But everybody in this house has met the man from Galilee, amen, who's building his church. And now we're free. I said, we're free. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Give me more of his church. I said, give me more of his presence. Pensacola, for the Lord, I don't want to live. I don't want to be an evangelist running around, a hobo preacher, hitchhiking, get me a meeting because I need a check. I don't want to preach for a check. My God, take me on to heaven. I felt like Simon or Simeon. Lord, mine eyes have seen the glory. Let me go on, depart in peace. And God said these words, and this is what's carried me to this moment. He said, you haven't seen it yet. It's in front of you. Position yourself. And then a year ago, but when I came down here, God gave me a word, it is time. When he told me it is time, all hell broke loose. All hell broke loose. I'm talking about the pandemic, the economic downturn, the riots. Oh, don't, that's part of the process. I said, that's part of the process. He's building his church. I said, he's building his church. Political upheaval didn't turn out the way we thought. God didn't fall off the throne. God didn't say, oh, no, what am I going to do now? How many knows he knew it all the time? 
I said he knew it all the time. God gave me a word. My people have done it again. They got their eyes on man. God said, I don't allow that. This is mine, America. I'm preaching America back to God. How many knows God loves America? And America was born, born to serve the Lord. I don't care what the left-wing historians, revisionists say. America belongs to God. America is a Christian nation. It's a backslidden Christian nation, but how many knows God loves the backsliders? I say God loves the backslide. Does anybody believe from the White House to the courthouse to the schoolhouse to the church house to the state house to your house, we can have a move of God that will bring America. Lift your hands and praise me if you believe it. Come on, lift your voice and praise him. Lift your voice and praise him. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, praise him. Lift your voice and praise him. God's building his church. Woo, I feel that, sis. <laughs> I feel that tonight. He said, I will build my, my. He's personal again. It's his church. Devil, take your heavy hand of oppression off of his church. He will defend his church. I'm talking about his church. I will build my church. It belongs to him. I wrote this down. I want to share it with you. His church, the anointed, appointed army of adopted, accepted people, the beloved body and bride and blood-bought believer, called, chosen, committed, caring, compassionate, Christ-like, Christ-centered, Christ-honored. We're the delivered, dedicated disciples determined. We are the evangelist, emancipated. We are everlasting, enduring. We are the faithful, forgiven, fire-filled followers of Jesus, full gospel. We're godly, glorious. We're glad. We're holy, hungry, humble, happy. We're Jesus lovers, kings, kids, liberated, loving life givers and life savers. We're the mighty, miraculous master's children. We're the powerful, prayerful, praise-filled, prepare-the-way people. Shout amen. We are the redeemed, ransom, righteous, rapture-ready, river of life people. We are the saved, sanctified, sure, settled, sealed, sure sheep. We're the tested, tried, trusted, true, and triumphant. We are victorious. We are the Zion of the Lord. We're the zealous of the Lord. zippity doo dah zippity a. He's washed my sins away. Is anybody excited about his church? Come on, I said, anybody excited about his church? We're a filling station. We're a landing strip. We're a launching pad. We're a pit stop. You get rest and refreshing. The world says you got to do this, that, and the other. We say, no, no, no. Mine eyes have seen the glory. We're after one thing. This is a revival center. This is a glory center. We preach the full gospel. We want it all. If it's from God, we want it all. How many wants all that God has for you? I don't understand feathers falling. I don't understand gold dust. I'd rather gold bar hit me in the head. Come on, shout amen, somebody. I don't understand the fall and shaking. I don't understand all that. And, and it's about none of that. How many of us, it's about Jesus. It's about changed lives. But whatever God does, I want anybody hungry for the pure, pristine move of God. Because you need to humble yourself because God's doing something right now. I said, God's doing something right now. When I wrote all this down, I thought, wow, Lord, I can't even read my writing right now. Then God says, son, it's the revival that's going to produce it. It's the last day revival. It's the big one. We've talked about it, sung about it, thought about it, preached about it. But God put something in your pastor's heart, in your pastor's heart. Put it in my heart. I've tasted. I've seen the Lord is good. And he told me I haven't seen it yet. That means something big's in front of me. I begin to study some of this, Pastor. You can help me out. I, talk, I, I studied some of the Swiss revival, the Puritan revival, the Wesleyan revival, the Azusa revival, the Welsh revival, the Cane Ridge, Kentucky revival. You still go there, don't you? And the afterglow there is in those fields. The Florentine revival, the Argentine revival, Carlos Anacondia. Claudio Frizon put his hand on my head and said, what God gave me, I give you. I feel that glory. I set my Sergio Scatacleni right here. He's coming back. He's going to be here a couple nights. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? My God, I'm hungry. Pastor, we're going to shout together tonight. I looked and I saw the, the revival of 1857, the Reformation, the New Hebrides revival, the Great Awakening, the Shanghai revival, the Asbury revival, the Toronto Blessing. The Pensacola outpouring and the Brownsville revival. My God, I was right in the middle of it. Get out of my way. Don't, I didn't know God would do that. I thought I knew everything about God until I found myself being mopped all over the floor. Amen. He gutted me. I memorized books of the Bible. I couldn't even talk. I thought I had to 
quote scripture. God said, you don't need to quote it. I wrote it. I know what I said. <laughs> so you just, you just, Lord, what are you doing? I'm loving on you, son. It's my church. You're my child. You, you carried water too long. Now let the water carry you. Anybody hear what I'm saying? God changed my life. So here I am tonight hungry. I said, I am hungry. I, if, if God uses you, I'll carry your attache. I don't have to be the preacher. I just want the presence. Give me more, more of Jesus. Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the time, and Jesus when the sun goes down, Jesus. Nobody can say Jesus like Steve Hill. Hallelujah. How many is hungry for more of Jesus? Lift your hands if you want more of Jesus. Come on, lift your voice. <laughs> Come on, lift your voice. You're too quiet. Let the church be the church. God's building his church. Oh, glory, 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 glory to God. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Santa Mahaya. From Pentecost to Pensacola and beyond. Ours is a history of divine intervention. Every so often, the church gets in a bad, bad state. God gave me America back to God, but I got to thinking, you got to have the church back to God. Come on, shout amen, somebody. Maybe the church back to God. God's pulling his people back. He's always had a core. It's not the masses. It's a core. It's a few. Right now, what I'm doing is invitation only. You know why? Because Jesus takes with him Peter, James, and John. He didn't take Bartholomew. He didn't take Andrew. But he took a core. a core. How many wants to be part of that core? Well, you do because you're here. You want more of Jesus? Give him more of yourself. Now, here's the key. I, I got to go down this road just a minute. Big John Hall, I miss him. But he don't miss us. Come on, shout amen, somebody. If, I was, if he was here in town, oh, he, if I snuck into town, he didn't know it, he'd get mad. He didn't know there's a place like this around. When he finally found it, he walked in, he looked around, and he first of all thought, well, you know, me and John Davis is priest in churches of thousands, and before I knew, Big John was laying all over the place and shaking of the power of God and set free. And he said, John Davis, I like that church. Let me know when you're in town. <laughs> then he came up for Christmas, and you told me about it. God changed his life, and he called me and told me about it. I'm telling you tonight, it's the move of God that sets people free. Soldiers in his army, laborers in his vineyard, servants in his court, friends in the inner circle, children in his family, members of his body. We are the church, the ecclesia. I said the ecclesia. And God says, if my people. He didn't say if the president, the White House, the courthouse, the state house, or the schoolhouse. But he said, judgment must begin at my house. And look this direction. Because I was so discouraged when the elections didn't turn out the way I thought they should. And finally, we was holding on, hoping to get at least one house. Remember that? Just get one house, that way we could stop all the left-wing bills and stupid stuff that's coming down the pike. Maybe we could stop it. And then we lost. And I called John Kilpatrick, and I said, we lost all three houses? I said, we only got one left. That's the, God's house. John Kilpatrick said, we lost that too. Come on, say amen somebody. Remember the pandemic? Everything shut down? You didn't shut down. God didn't shut down. I mean, knows what I'm saying. And God spoke to me these words. He said, you're focused on the wrong three houses. You focus on the three houses that I'm telling you right now. Number one, my house shall be called a house of prayer. River of life, this is God's house. Lift your hands and praise him for it. I said, lift your hands and praise him. It's a house of prayer. It's a house of prayer. The second thing God said to me, if they put a padlock on this door, your house. Everybody say your house. How many of you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your house? The two of you in Emberley can have Holy Ghost revival. She's already a shouter, so she's Pentecostal. Amen. Our family, our, we, we thrived during the time of the pandemic. I didn't know how we'd make it. 
As evangelists, you go out and preach, you get an offering. There's more money came in because I'm going to know God's your employer. Your employer never changes. If the economy shuts down, my God shall supply all of your need. Lift your hands and praise him according to his riches and glory. I got partners. This church here, this church, you guys are partners with me. And I'm honored to cover you. And I cover your pastor. And I cover Pastor Ralph as well. Spiritual sons. Proud of them. God said there's two houses. Two or three are gathered in my name. I am there. But if they stop it, if they outlaw it, go to your home. You lock them out in Jesus' name. Bring your family together. Teach the children. Sometimes it's just me and Deb and the two dogs. But they're both sanctified. One of them was demon-possessed, but now he's delivered. And I looked the other day. The glory was so heavy, the music was playing. And I looked over there, and that little wapoo, papoodle, tinker, is a stinker. But she's laying there, and I said, Deb, she's in the glory. Amen. I don't know. They sang, I think, in the, was it the Welsh Revival, where one revival, they had to retrain the, the animals because they were used to the miners kicking and cussing, but the miners got saved. They didn't know how to respond to kind, kind people. How many of those God can touch your animals? He can do anything. So there's the two houses, but there's a third house. Ed has it all figured out. It's there on his, on his shirt. The third house is you. How many of those? You're the house of God. You're the house of God. You're the house of God. I'm telling you, God gave you something the world didn't give him, and the world can't take it away. And I don't care what they do. You keep Jesus in your heart. You can pray anywhere, on a plane, in the airport, at Walmart. You can. <laughs> Woo, Jesus. If any man will hear my voice, lift your hands and praise him. Lift your hands and praise him. I've got, to, I've got to end with this because I don't want this to get lost. I'm talking fast because I want to remember all of this. But the Holy Spirit told me, and listen close, look this direction. You've got to be careful in this last day because I just talked about seven churches. And a lot of them, they say good things, they do good deeds. But I'm going to know Jesus has a church. Now, if you're not careful, you'll want a move of God so bad, the devil will give you one. Oh, it's getting quiet here at St. Mary's Catholic Church. Come on, say amen, somebody. But here's what the devil does. He'll get you outside of a spiritual covering. He'll deceive you, and it'll be witchcraft. It'll be signs and wonders. There's no heart change. There's no repentance. It may be even a, be a sloppy agape or greasy grace. I hate to say it like that because I love grace, and my favorite song is still Amazing Grace. But did you ever think that we'd see a generation that would want to be socialist and communist? Did you ever think that we'd see a generation that would say, go ahead, you don't have to repent, just live in where you want to live, his grace covers it all? Lascentious, lascivious? What? What's going on today? Now, deception's real, and people that are deceived don't know they're deceived. And deception wouldn't be so deceiving if it wasn't so deceptive. Come on, say amen, somebody. Jesus said three times, deception, deception, deception. So these are the last hours of the last days. And I want to tell you right now, what God told me to tell you, if you're just wanting a revival and you're so desperate and you get out from under spiritual authority, now I know the authority of this house. I know the authority of Prepare the Way Ministries. And I cover both of them, and they're both submitted to spiritual authority. There's no shimmy-sham with the finances. When they submit it, I'm telling you right now, I've thought, Lord, these are men of God that know the importance of accountability. I only have one question when they call, what's God saying? And then I will pray with them, and God will speak. Now, in this last day, People that are so desperate for a move of God, the devil's going to accommodate them with witchcraft. And there's signs and wonders. I said, there'll be signs and wonders because the devil will have a false prophet call fire down from heaven. And a lot of those seven churches, boy, would you say, that man's got the fire. Amen. And it's the biggest deception in the world. 
Stay under spiritual covering. Stay accountable. Deal with your rebellion. Because a move of God has to be pastored. Because in every move of God, there are three elements. There's the God element. There's the demonic element. There's the human element. We're sheep. How many of us we need a shepherd? How many of you got a good shepherd right here in Pastor Scott and Sandy? How many of us God has blessed this church with a shepherd that will lead, feed, guide, guard? So don't run ahead. Don't lag behind. Deal with the rebellion in your heart because if there's just a spoonful or a half spoon, you can open up to all kinds of deception. They tell me in that instrumentation on an airplane, if you set it for China, let's say another I don't like China. Let's say another place. Let's say if you, if you set it for, let's go to Hawaii. If you set it for Hawaii, and if you have that instrumentation off just a hair, the further you go, the more you'll miss Hawaii until you miss it by 200 miles if you're not careful. Are you listening to me? Submit yourself to spiritual leadership. Tonight, I'm giving an altar call right now. I'm through. God's not. I got all these notes here. When I know how to, when my grandkids teach me how to find it on my computer, I'm going to work this over. The seven churches of America. 